jingling because this we're recording now find a spot go on <laughs> look at her oh you missed it she figured it out patty <laughs> go lay down look at this <laughs> patty. patty patty go lay down go on now now she wants to be part of things well she heard we were recording and now she wants to be part of it which makes sense. Are you going to be good? Here, actually. Haha. <laughs> -ha. No jingle jangle today, <laughs> Patricia. She's side-eyeing me. She's she's staring directly at me. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there you go. Two done, butts for you. But, but. I love butts. Canonically, <laughs> like, that's established. butts. They're the best. Okay, oh I'm God. good. Hello, I'm here. <sighs> okay. Hi, and welcome to the King of Thrones podcast. My name is Alan Kelly. I'm a Victoria Blyne. Again. Hello. I'm here. Thank you for having me again. It's happening. I am. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. It's been so long since you were on. When was the last time you were on? Was it was it the mafia episode? No, couldn't be. No. It, uh, was it my? Was it Maxu? It was Maxu. Was it Maxu? Were we on for Maxu? The... I think so. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, you were definitely on for Maxu. Whether one came before the other, I don't actually know, but I think it was Maxu. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that may have been last year then. Oh my god, has it really been that long? I mean, I dilly-dallied a lot, and I didn't get this book out for a while, so... <laughs> you, did you did dally, and you did dilly, I will say. I sure did. Fucking so. worth it, though. Oh my god, I want you to know that I stayed up until 2 a.m. reading <laughs> your book. I yeah. literally, I, I started, I was like, I'm, I'm not getting anything done. I might as well just like start the book. It's like 6 p.m. I might as well just crawl in the bed, do my contact now, and start the book. And I'll just read a little bit of it. And then I'll read the next because I like started it on Sunday, I think. Yeah. Um, so I'll just read a little bit of it. <laughs> and then I'll read the next of my day. And then I'll talk to Victoria on Tuesday. It'll be all great. And then I yeah. sat down at 6 p.m. and I didn't eat dinner. I didn't take my contacts out until midnight uh, because I just forgot. I no longer existed in my human body. I read straight until oh! 2 a.m. <laughs> oh, well, yay! <laughs> Hopefully. And then, unfortunately, because I'm an adult person now, edging closer to 30 yeah. every day, um, I <laughs> could not actually sleep past 6 a.m. So I just oh, woke yeah. up. And yep. my body did that. Um, and so, uh, so yes, that is what I did do. So I can confirm to anybody who's wondering, not that I think it was ever in question, but, uh, it's a good fucking book, fam. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so happy. Good. I never know, you know? 
Oh yeah, imposter no. syndrome. Well, you never know. Like, every book is different, and there's yeah. kind of there's something scary about doing something different every single time, yeah. especially when you have like dedicated fans. You don't, you never really know if it's going to be too different or if it's going to be too much the same, which is also something people hate. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think in general, I don't know, I feel like all of my books just live a little bit too close at the end, where I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I know how I feel about it, but I don't really know. It, it's not. It's no longer like a separate thing that I can judge and judge whether people will like it, because it's just too close at that point. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, so we're talking about ruling... <laughs> <laughs> sick thinned. Okay, so I've been saying sick thand, and I knew that that was wrong. Like I knew it. I, knew I mean, it it's pretty bad. close. Like if you say that quickly, I think your mouth will kind of do it. Sick thinned. But but also at a certain point, I just kept getting like wanting to smack him, and so I I kept thinking to myself, sick these hands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does do yeah. a few smackable things for sure. Yeah, he's, he's he's smackable. I love him. I love him. But he's yeah. he's he's the sad goth boy that like you have a crush yeah. on in high school, yeah. but you also are kind of like you're the you're the worst. Why do I like you? Yeah, for you're sure. The, you're terrible. You're you, you you're just you say the worst things. <laughs> you're the worst. But like, are you watching me though? Because that would be good. That's kind of hot. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. Hot. Like I do kind of like that. But like, shut up. But. Also watch um, me. Is this book? Tell me, page, page count wise, is this book a lot longer than oh. the other ones? Yeah, it sure is. It's longer. Yeah, it, I think that's I what, felt, part I of the reason that. it took me a while. It it wasn't so much. It was all of that that damn background plot, you know, all the political stuff going on that I had to work in. But yeah, honestly, I'm not a big fan of politics politics and romance or like the political thing and this had a ton of that so but at some point you kind of have to i'm there you too. have I'm like, to like, I'm like I, or else nothing matters there's no consequences for anything right keep saying these right. people are important like you have to you have to eventually address the things that have happened and how they affect other people which is politics right, um, right. yeah i personally though like i I feel like when I was reading it, I was like, oh, you have, like, you, I want to say, like, you've grown as a writer, like, that your books were bad before, because I feel like that's always the implication. Obviously, they weren't, or else we weren't talking right now, because I love books. (laughs) Um, But I feel like you have learned so much by writing all of the other books, and you are Mm -hmm. just pulling out all of the stops in this one. Like, you... It, it felt like I was reading some fucking complex high fantasy shit. Like you had mm. all of the world building, you had all of the politics, but it was seamless. But I also felt like it was one of those books that if I handed somebody this book um, who had never read the other books before, this is actually a good jumping in point because everything is explained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try, you know, it's really difficult, what, seven books in to, yeah. to make standalones, but I try really hard. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty difficult to not info dump, but um, I think this no, one was, could be, no you info. could jump right into this one. 
But thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. I did try really hard and I do feel like I've learned a lot. I don't think that it's bad to say either, you know, especially since this is my one and only series. Obviously, I'm going to have to. <laughs> There's going to be growth whether I am aware of it or not. Yeah. Um, but for this one, I did. I did have I did try very hard to be cognizant of adding everything in so it was seamless because yeah. I don't like the politics so much and so if I was bored writing it mm -hmm. or reading it back I knew other people were going to be too so yeah it just took a while but I think the time um the extra time it took to get this out was well spent absolutely reason. like I yeah. feel like this is as far as like world building and character mm -hmm. development and like stakes, I feel like this is your best yet. Um, oh, thank you. Which I obviously I love all the other ones, but like this one, it felt like you you took your time for a reason and it mm -hmm. worked out because it was like there's <laughs> there's so much happening in this book. Yeah. There's so there's much political happening. intrigue. There's yeah. cultural alienation. There's murder. There's assassination. There's more murder. There's cloud hopping monster aliens. There's hot goth guys who walk around in tunnels and skulk behind the mate that they don't know is the mate. It was yeah. great. And then there's <laughs> Sophie, a graphic designer, just trying to live her life and become queen of this alien city. <laughs> she is pretty much just trying to live her life. That poor girl. <laughs> She's just always thrown into new stuff that she has to deal with. But I think she does a pretty good job. I, I've gotten I've gotten a lot of people saying they really like Sophie. <laughs> so, I love her. I love yeah. her so much. She is the perfect balance of like everyday person who is like mm -hmm. has no idea what the fuck they're doing, but is like also somebody who steps up in yeah, a way she's, that is realistic. Yeah, um, she's kind of like that person who they don't want to do any of the things, but they're kind of like. It's got to get done. So I guess I'll do it. <laughs> so I think that is it, it was very interesting to me, though, because as you know, female main characters, you can't write one that everybody likes. So I was very ready for a lot of people to dislike her. And I've gotten a couple people disliking her, but majority, majority, <sighs> I think, have been on um, pro Sophia. I think I mean, any woman who's like good at the shit she does is going to be disliked by some people yeah unfortunately that's just kind of it and i she think i say that in the book too <laughs> yeah right like <laughs> sorry that's just kind of the way it is they don't even yeah. they could be the nicest character around but if they are confident in what they do and yep. take no shit from people who treat them badly then they're someone is gonna dislike them yep. um which is fine because you don't necessarily want those people reading your books anyway right. uh but, you know, it is always a, a fun little kind of, like, clench moment when you're like, oh, who's going to hate this? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to hate this? Um, yeah. I, I, I loved her. I love Sophia because I think she is not only competent, but and not only, like, somebody who feels really relatable because she's just, like, I internally she's freaking out constantly. She's like, yeah. I am just... <laughs> Like I'm hanging on by a fucking thread every single day. I am and just I don't one know what's woman. going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm literally the only one here. And the only everyone one is paying attention to me constantly. Um 
and I have no choice in things and absolutely no agency, but she's given this, she's given the chance to have more agency than literally anybody else. And she's like, it is immoral of me to say no to this as much as right. I don't want to do this. It is right. not ethical for yeah. me to say yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's that a great is way to like, put that. Yeah. That's a, that's a, I mean, yeah, man, that's it. That's all. Like everything else doesn't matter. Um, as far as like whether she's annoying or like, <laughs> I don't know, like her choice is unrealistic. Yeah. At the, at the bottom line, if there's a human person and who is put in that situation and they are faced with this choice of like, okay, either you say yes to this pretty hideous proposition um of becoming a leader on this planet that Mm -hmm. is kind of hostile to you now yeah um, or looks at you as stupid and just good for like being able to pop out babies right um like that's not gonna be fun because that was like a line that i had about vila in the book yeah that uh she's not the best choice because earth people won't like a woman (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who's confident I mean, I, in her job and and says so? <laughs> when I when I read that, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, I know exactly where this is coming from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think like uh, it's definitely one of those things where people are just kind of like they, they're. You first of all, you're never gonna please everybody, right? Like, yeah there's always going to be that somebody is always going to hate your character for reasons that like you would never even have thought of mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah like just never oh you you try and plan for everything else you're like okay i know that she has this 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 and this and that might make her unlikable or whatever so i really have to like make sure that like i you know build in all this background i do all this stuff and then somebody goes well, what about this thing? I hate her for this. And it's like, I never could have anticipated. She's a human. I thought we liked humans. We like humans. And like, meanwhile, the male main character has just like chopped off both pinky toes of a rival love interest. But he's fine. He's fine. It's cute when he does it. He's cute when he does it. But if she yells at somebody... Nah. Mm. If she's, she's a even a little bit mean to the love interest who has just completely emotionally yeah. eviscerated her on purpose. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She's the bitch, actually. She's the bitch. Like, how does she not understand that he was doing it for not the reasons that sh- he was saying he was doing it for? How she could should she just not know see that? that? Intuitively yeah. know that? Because yeah. we're all so good at Forgive the bad behavior because that's what you do, you know? <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's annoying, it's, uh, but it is know, uh it's a interesting thing that we have to navigate in the romance writing world. Yeah, cuz like you really you really do have to think about it. Like people Yeah. because people are connecting emotionally so so much with like romance in particular. Like people connect emotionally with any book they read, I think. But in particular mm-hmm. with romance, obviously a lot of people are immersing themselves or trying to see themselves in let's say the heroine um to to kind of live in the story more than i think most fiction um can, yeah. can say and so people get a lot pricklier about yeah. those things um and you want them to to be that engaged but at the same time you do have to navigate this like 
like, oh my God, are people going to hate my main character because she makes a choice that maybe is not great or she has an overreaction to something or, you know, like, like a human does. Yeah, I mean, but also I think it's not even just that. I think with with the female main characters, a lot of the time, if they're not doing everything, if they're not reacting in a way that is incredibly intuitive and empathetic and just overly reasonable for the situation. I mean, they can be in a life or death situation. And if they say something mean or if they do something where they lose their temper, it's just not Mm -hmm. acceptable to so many people. And it, I, I don't know, I think it speaks a lot to the standards that women hold themselves to. And mm-hmm. it's really frustrating that these, you know, I kind of run to write a book where the female main character is just a normal human who is unlikable at times. I mean, the way that I would write a male main character, you know? Yeah. But I know yeah. people won't like it. It's it's this thing, I like, I hesitate to, because I feel like it gets way overused, but there is a, an element of eternalized misogyny Oh, for sure, for sure. This, like they need to be perfect angels because we, we like women can't be any any different. And mm-hmm. when it, a woman isn't a perfect angel, um, or bad in an acceptable way, mm-hmm. then she is like it breaks the fantasy, which is like, well, well where is that fantasy coming from exactly? Because I don't think it's coming from the place you want it to be from my friend i think maybe it's coming from somewhere else somewhere darker and (laughs) not necessarily from women but now it's in us so we gotta navigate it yep yep yeah (sighs) it's real rough it's real rough and you know what you were saying i do think that women or people reading these books put themselves into that main character role Mm -hmm. really uh more intensely than any other genre and I think that definitely hurts because there, you know, there are some women, there are some readers that I've gotten messages from that love one of my main characters and really hate other ones. And Mm -hmm. there are others who are pretty much the opposite on those two characters. And you can tell personality wise, or I can guess personality wise who is closer Mm -hmm. to each, you know, based on that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you have, we kind of have to because so much of the, the book is about this. It's about yeah. Sophia having to navigate having power when people yes. don't like her. <laughs> yeah, and it's. I think it was interesting though. I, I thought when I was writing it, like this is a, this would be an interesting place to live or an interesting situation to be in because they don't not want her to be in power because no. she's a woman. That quite quite the opposite in this city they're really bummed that there isn't a woman in power um but it's because she's Mm -hmm. human or she's weaker and i thought that that was an interesting turn to to explore a little bit yeah like they they look at her and they're like no and we love that you're a woman for sure that's great like we we need a woman in charge but you are so culturally different from us mm-hmm. that we don't really like view you as a person even so yeah <laughs> um yeah. which like kind of makes sense i think um like that the sense of like power imbued in gender 
right, will mm-hmm. only carry you so far, particularly yep. when she's faced with this society that is really brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's such a massive turn from what we've seen so far on Clicania, um, which I think, like, I would love to hear your your thought process on how you built um, the the society that uh, Sophia and Sixthund um, <laughs> rule over, uh, or Sixthund, uh, <laughs> poor guy, <laughs> he, he rules over, but he's more of a, a, the, the most paranoid public servant yeah. of... <laughs> So I guess you mean the culturally or like the physical city itself? Well, like all of it. Like I'd love to hear what because yeah. this is such a distinct culture and such a distinct like place with distinct technology and limitations. I would love to hear mm-hmm. how you kind of came up with it because it is so very different from anywhere else we've seen so far. Yeah. So basically, um, these you know in the in this world. All of these kind of races on the planet, they kind of have their own, their own cities with their own, um, gosh, I want to say vibe, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Like, uh, help me out. What is the word I'm looking for? It's in culture and heritage, I think. Like they... Well, um, I mean... Yeah, like a pretty distinct culture, culture, you know, where it's not, they're not as, um globalized i guess as yeah we are here so and they each settle in an area kind of based on where they had lived on their previous planet and on their previous planet there had been a lot of um like gene manipulation going on to give them all all these different cultures their different um like characteristics physical characteristics so in this one we have tails and fangs and mm-hmm. you know special coloring and all of that kind of stuff so when they settle on the new planet, they seek out areas in on the planet that are reminiscent of the areas they came from. And they decided to settle in this desert with this really heavy deposit of magnetic ore because they, um, it was just where the, the, gosh, the setting, the... Climate? Climate! Was... <laughs> we got there. the climate that best suited them yeah so um but the thing about this area is that no electronics really work Uh, and so they built their city on this kind of magnetic area that their bodies crave and they vibe with and they built the tower so that they could have their flying creatures who feed off of the the metal in the ground the malganash Um, so that they would nest there because that was pretty Mm -hmm. important to them. And because of this lack of ability to have electronics, their culture kind of um, evolved in a different way than others. So they take a lot of pride in that, I think. They're they're metalsmiths by, by nature, and they're really in tune with all of the metal and working with the metal in the area. So they have all these really beautiful metallic creations but they also um interestingly enough create uh all of the they also manufacture all of the 
the metal bits that go into the electronics across the planet. So they also take a lot of pride in that because they know how important it is to the rest of the world. So lots and lots of pride kind of, I think, mixes with a lack of kind of modern creature comforts mm-hmm. for in terms of Clacania anyway, not here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then as the city grew older, the area to the north of them, the choke, has become a kind of a dead spot for like satellite coverage. So it basically means that anybody trying to invade the planet, which many try often to do, know that there's a spot there that they can easily get in. So I think because they're close, partially probably because they're closest to it and partially because they are already skilled with, you know, weapons and fighting and all of that. Mm -hmm. They've kind of taken on the mantle of fighting anybody who comes there and uh, making sure that nobody, um, um, going to check all the time, doing their rounds, making sure that nobody is in that kind of desert area. And they also have, um, I think part of this is them deciding to do it or saying that they will. And part of it is the world at large kind of coming together and saying, Rulatica, these clouds, this storm, these storm systems, they pass right over your city. We know that you need water already. We don't want any water, any rain to fall in this area of the desert that is a a really easy invasion point for our planet. So, and you have flying creatures that can, that you ride all the time and you can get up into these clouds. So can you also um, take on the responsibility of seeding the clouds, which means um, kind of depositing a chemical into the clouds so that the uh, water molecules group together and they're are become heavy enough where they're forced to fall. So basically you're forcing rain out of clouds when they wouldn't normally drop the rain yet. Um, so no water can land in that desert area. No life can be supported and it just makes it a little bit harder for anybody landing there and invading there to survive. So they're doing all of these things and I think kind of maybe mm-hmm. the ego that comes with having all of this responsibility and known for being really good at doing all of these things along with um, maybe their, you know, kind of backward ways that they live because they don't have any of the electronics uh, has formed a really, a really interesting city. I think they're really passionate and they're really artistic and they're really expressive, but they're not very gentle. And I think that Mm -hmm. living the life that they do kind of makes it so they can't, they can't really be very gentle. So, well, they're extremely hardworking. Like they're extremely hardworking for sure. They have a culture of work to the bone. Right. Mm -hmm. And then party super hard every other second. Yeah. So like that kind of extreme, you know, ethic, right. Is, is expressed in like, yeah really intense fashion choices and and like like really intense social interactions pretty much constantly (laughs) um and so they have like a they have a much more intense vibe to them just culturally than anybody everyone else gets to relax they don't really get to relax even when they're partying they don't don't relax (laughs) No, no no they don't really get to relax they're definitely 
they definitely i think you know there's also an element i think of pride to it though where mm-hmm. if you're proud enough you don't really allow yourself to relax either mm-hmm. and i think they they kind of have a touch of that because even if they could get electronics in, and this is one of the sticking points for some of the some of the other characters they they could move they could move yeah. a few miles over and have electronics and mm-hmm. not have to live in such kind of a, a more difficult way than other cities, but they yeah. choose not to. It's very much like a pride and like a choice where they're they're deciding to live this hard life and kind of wrapping themselves up in that identity. And it makes it they're a lot not harder soft, for Sophia. Like those Tremantons. Yeah, there's no softness. So it makes it a little bit I think Sophia is a perfect character because she for this situation because she appreciates a lot of what they are and how they live and Mm -hmm. i think another female main character might not have enjoyed that though i wouldn't have enjoyed it i mean you're telling me i have to live here where i can't have like the food machine that just makes my food for me like i'm (laughs) no thank Mm -hmm. you no and then like on top of that you're going to look down on me for like not being shredded yeah thank you you're gonna look down on me for not wanting to walk around in like 20 pounds of metal and carry a sword and i no i'm not gonna do that because you might at any point just be assassinated just because yeah just cause. Did you did you trip over a crack in the stone and look like an idiot? Weak. Guess what? Weakness. <laughs> Weakness. Dumb. Who wants that as their ruler? True. 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 Yeah. Uh yeah, I I mean I really loved the um the the world building around it because I felt mm-hmm. like you due to it being so different from everybody everywhere else we've seen so far you really had to go into that and then also Sophia had to develop a really strong connection to this place and these people um, oh yeah because she she was gonna she, she was before she even knew she was gonna end up having to rule them against her will more or less mm-hmm. um you know she had to she she was like I don't know how long I'll be here I might be here for forever. So yeah, I might as well like eventually learn to like this place. Yeah. And I yeah, I mean I think she I think have making her an artist was a pretty good way to to get that done because she was curious, you know, she's curious about a lot of places. She finds beauty mm-hmm. in a lot of things and I think her being an artist really makes that more um believable in my opinion anyway oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. i definitely think so because i while there is like artistic expression obviously Mm -hmm. in all of the cities we've been to so far um we don't see a lot of personal artistic expression outside of just like fashion choices yes everyone's very focused on what they need to do and like their duty to society and maintaining a very strict image to impress other people whereas in you know the the um vrulatica vrulatica um in my head when i was reading it it was just kind of vroom vroom um yep so uh in in that city right it's not about really impressing other people so much as like showing strength, which is a different sort yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. And so it's it's about like 
well, if you're going to work so hard every day and you are going to be really, really strong, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, your expression is on you. You yeah. you get to have fun. Be wild with it. When we party, we party hard. Dress up as much as you want. Have fun. Get tattoos. Like, your body is your own. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Whereas, like, in other places, there's a feeling like your body's actually not really your own. Um, yeah. It's all about what other people think of it. So Yeah, especially for the men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking about thinking about Theo. Thinking about his yeah. poor Feo. boy. <laughs> well, Feo. Feo took like a hard swing in the opposite direction of, <laughs> of Theo. But I think both of them yeah, were really limited appearance-wise. It was very yeah. much I mean, Theo was very limited in what he could have or what he thought he could have, what he thought he could do based on his appearance. And then mm-hmm. Feho was very much trying to create a very specific appearance for mm-hmm. other people. So, yeah, I think the same, the, the same in different, in a different way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there it's, it springs from the same well. They're just in the opposite it, yeah. directions because Feho is traditionally handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays into that to get what he wants, but also because he's like desperate for a wife. And so he's like, I got to be as hot as possible. But unfortunately, that backfires because everyone thinks he's so hot that he's not serious. Um, <laughs> poor guy. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, Theo on the other end of that spectrum does everything right, you know, except for his personality. Um, but like everything else, he does right. <laughs> But he is deemed ugly because he has scars, and yeah. that is unacceptable. Um, and yeah. so, like, it's the it's the same thing. They've just kind of, you know, they're on the same spectrum. They're just on opposite ends of it. Yep. Um, whereas, like, in, you know, vroom, 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 um, they, <laughs> they're like, oh, you got scars? Dope. That means you, like, fought or whatever. Cool. Yeah. You should probably have more. And yeah. didn't, they have to commute to go see somebody to fix their scars which is like you only do you must be dying for you to go do that otherwise yeah. why would you do that yeah also i would say another probably area of pride for them you got a little scratch mm-hmm. and you're gonna go all the way to the medic to get healed mm-hmm. poor mm-hmm. baby yeah 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 and also if you do that um if at a certain point like if you try and do any like surface healing you mm-hmm. lose your tattoos yeah because the machines are programmed to not give a shit about your tattoos because yep. no one else on quicania really cares about tattoos yeah um or actively dislikes them and so they okay. haven't thought to like fix the machines yeah i mean like at a technical level it's damage mm-hmm. to the skin right so that's mm-hmm. this machine will fix all of the damage and that's that's what it's there to do so yeah i really i really loved the arc that sophia goes through you know mm-hmm. speaking of tattoos where she had a lot of tattoos oh, yeah. um in her you know earth life and then she woke up um on quicania and all of her tattoos were gone um because she had been fixed yeah um, and this idea of her identity being wiped away in an instant while she was asleep yeah so violating um and how as she begins to find her feet in vroom vroom um (laughs) she (laughs) 
I'm dyslexic. You can't ask me to. I can't. No, <laughs> you call it Vroom Vroom City, and that's what it, it will be known as from now on. <laughs> it's Vroom Vroom City. It's where they yeah. all go Vroom Vroom on big monsters that I kind of imagine look like um look like uh, griffins, but with um with butterfly wings. And I don't know where I got that, but that's what they are. Too. Is that what you pictured them as? <laughs> yeah, yeah, big lions with butterfly wings. Butterfly wings. They got like furry why. wings. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I they got that like, up real bad. <laughs> they got like furry Dalmatian wings and like long, like dragony necks and antlers. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? What the fuck? I was imagining griffins. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Okay, but tell me that Sickthen wouldn't look fucking dope on top of a lion, though. I mean, yeah, but honestly, he'd look dope on top of any flying animal. True, true. But I, I don't know. I don't know about dragons. the butterfly wings. That feels like it kind of clashes a bit with. The... Well, I listen. It was your artistic vision, not me. That <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to change that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I genuinely have no idea where I got that. I was like, I literally about halfway through was like, I don't think that that's what they look like i'm pretty sure that's not what she described but i was like but it's too late now i'm not gonna go back that's what they look like <laughs> just i'm gonna just draw you a picture of a lion with butterfly wings it's uh it's my next fan art um but anyway yes so i i love this arc that she goes through mm -hmm. where she begins to reclaim her identity and reshape her identity to fit who she is now after everything that she's been through and she part of that is she goes and starts to get tattoos mm -hmm. um and she kind of considers getting her old tattoos um that she obviously misses dearly um but she she realizes pretty quickly that like you can't get that life back she's not gonna get that sophia back she has to do something new and different yeah. to to fit who she is now um which is a much different woman <laughs> i would say probably yeah um and so she starts to get all these like really badass tattoos of like things that she has seen and experienced in from from yeah um, i think so the cool. act of her getting these tattoos and deciding what to get mm -hmm. and deciding i mean kind of deciding what things are meaningful to her honestly mm -hmm. and um you know getting them tattooed on her body kind of I feel like it kind of connected her to the city more yes. also because it's something meaningful from this city that she has experienced now on her body. And how can you hate a place if you have that kind of connection on you? Um, Semi-permanently at least. But yeah, I think it, it did help her a whole, a whole lot. Yeah. I liked, I liked that because I, you definitely felt like it was her way of connecting with the mm -hmm. city. Um, and cause at first she's very reticent. She's like, I'm not going to do anything that, yeah. you know, will connect me at all. I don't want them to think that I'm complacent. I don't want them to think that they're winning me over. I don't give a shit yeah. about this place. They're holding me captive. They're holding my friend captive. Um, I don't trust anyone here. They treat me like garbage in their own special way. Um, <laughs> And she kind of at first digs her heels in where she's like, I'm not going to I'm not going to take, a, you know, advantage of any of the amenities. I'm not going to dress like them. I'm not going to act like them. And she realizes pretty quickly that, like, she actually really likes them. Yeah. <laughs> and she likes <laughs> she she respects these people and she respects their way of life and she respects their artistic expression. And she really 
you know, connects with that. Um, and I and I just I love to see that because she connects with the city and finding her identity there before she even begins to tolerate Sickfind. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> And I just felt like, yeah, girl, you get yourself right first before yeah. you even begin to think about this motherfucker who keeps watching well, you through a mirror. I think for a lot of the beginning, she's like, look, I don't know what the fuck this guy's problem is. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. leave him be. He can do whatever he wants to do. I'm going to do me. And she's very like, you get your own he, shit together. <laughs> he felt like a cat. Like she was like, oh, yeah, you, you hissed at me and you bit me when I tried to pet you. So yeah. now I'm just going to like let you do your thing. I'm just going to leave you leave you alone. Yeah. And he just keeps coming around despite the fact that she's like, why are you here? You hate yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And like a cat, once she says, OK, well, I'm going to ignore you then. He mm-hmm. comes around a lot. <laughs> I'm going to pet other cats. And yeah. he's like, the fuck you say? <laughs> Yeah. Wow, he is very yeah. cat cat coated. He is he's a cat. I mean, mm-hmm. all goths are cats. Yeah. That is <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. And then she's well, yeah, she's got her little yeah. golden boy um sidekick who seems more dog. Yes, he is very golden retriever quite literally. Yeah. Uh in in every sense of the word. Uh he goes and gets her things and also he's golden. Yeah. Um I loved him. I loved yeah. his, his his whole vibe. He was great. Uh, yeah, I and I I feel like like you know circling back to what we we're talking about before, mm-hmm. all of this took so much like building. <laughs> like oh. you had to, you couldn't just be like, oh, and now she's in a new city, uh, and she's being held captive. She doesn't really know what's going on. Okay, yeah. let's jump into the romance between them and like not address like anything else that's happening here. Like, their story is so interwoven with not only the political situation now, but the political situation that Sikthan has been dealing with his his entire life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, you're kind of yeah, getting a snapshot of, I mean, you know what's happening worldwide. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. people have been focused in Tremonta because that's the first city we were introduced to. That's where most mm-hmm. of our human women cast come from. Mm-hmm. But I think now, and in Meg's book, the last book, you got a little bit more of a taste of other places and how they're mm-hmm. handling this. But I think it was definitely, I think it was really one of the things I found interesting. I'm not really into the political side of things, but one thing that I did think was interesting was thinking about how a city on the outside, especially a city as um, intense as this one, would feel about everything happening in Tremonta. Like, mm-hmm. they wouldn't they wouldn't know about everything going on. They wouldn't, you know, why would they be fed information about the human women there and what the plans are and what the queen's doing? You know, they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. They'd kind of be in the dark. And I think for a city as prideful as this one and as, um, you know, that does so much for the planet. They really do a whole lot for the planet for mm-hmm. them to feel like they're being slighted and like kept in the dark. I mean, I think by the end of the book, you really kind of, I don't know if, if the reader will agree with the choice to kidnap the women in the first place, but I think that they'll understand it a little bit more for sure. And I think that 
I mean, as a reader, I, I did feel, as from what you do go into this, but I did feel even before you, you addressed it in the book that, like, if it wasn't them, it was going to be somebody else. Exactly, um, yeah. I mean, some somebody else was going to do something to these women to make a point. Um, and because the, the political situation has become so volatile. Um, mm-hmm. And if you feel like... I don't know. Like you, you talk about it. Like it's wrong, but these people are on the brink of extinction, and the yeah. person who maybe has all of the answers is just not saying anything to anybody. Well, um, you know, it's interesting because it kind of mirrors um, Sixthen's own issues with being mm-hmm. a ruler in general, right? You know, his problem is is that any decision you make, it's never it's never going to be the right one. It's never going to appeal to everybody. Ever, some people are always going to have an issue with it. They're always going to oppose it, no matter what it is. And his solution mm-hmm. is to just pick what he wants to do anyway, and then hope that he doesn't get assassinated. Yeah. And the Queen's has kind of been to keep her decisions to herself until a, such a time as she thinks she's found the best one and wants to share it. And you can see yeah. how neither really worked. <laughs> no, yeah. no, not at all. Um, and we we get a glimpse into like the rumors swirling around the queen's death. Um, mm-hmm. I I it made me so sad learning yeah. that she had been dead for a while. Actually, yeah. that yeah, I yeah. got so angry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, well, if I you didn't imagine agree with everything I, she did, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you imagine her um, her little house from. Yeah, a few books back. It is. It's pretty. It's like a little cottage, and it is. It does have a you know, a big old wall that is protecting it. But I mean, I would. I imagine that if somebody were to come in and sneak in, and I mean, she might not be found for for a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely felt like when I when I read that she had been killed in her cottage, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. No. Mean, cruel. Like, yeah. Cruel. You can't kill this lovely older woman who's just fucking trying to do her best and yeah. make these horrible decisions that have, like, no real, you know, equal outcome, no matter how no. hard you try, where that's fair to everybody. Um you know just being murdered in her house and then people just like being angry at her as she's moldering on her yeah. kitchen floor or whatever the fuck yeah like oh it made me so mad <laughs> it's yeah. so mad but it's fine yeah it's, fine. it's pretty sad <laughs> it's very sad it's very sad yeah. and you feel that though like you feel like sophia mourns her even though she didn't really know her very well yeah um and i can only imagine like jade mourning oh her. yep a yep. lot. I think Alice um, probably. Uh, Alice a, a lot. whole bunch. Yeah. Even even Vanessa, right? Who mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. went around the Queen a little bit, but also, yeah. <laughs> but also probably yeah. liked her. <laughs> I mean, I think they definitely had the feeling that this woman was trying to do her best yes. to keep them safe and happy, and to work with them to figure out how to best integrate and. I think her silence was definitely frustrating, but mm-hmm. man, give, not giving her the benefit of the doubt and just, you know, off of yeah. it. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Um, but now we got Sophie, so it's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so this book comes out 
next mm. week. Yes. That's, that's crow flies. It comes out uh, the 28th? The th- yes. 30th. 30th? 30th. Why did I think your book came out before mine? I don't know. Yours comes out the 29th, right? Correct. Almost book birthday twins. We're we on the same week. Yay. I love it. That would be so happy when I found out. I was like, oh, me and the four got the same week. We're like, we're book birthday friends. Look at that. Instagram will be popping off. It will be. Oh my god. Uh, your I feel like your book is more explainable than mine, though. <laughs> oh, I mean, it it is. But trying to write that blurb, like, oh yeah. There's, there's, I, I don't, because what is the plot? I don't, I don't know. He watches, like, do the romantic plot I could do in a blurb. He watches her from behind a mirror and then they kind of get together. I don't know. It, <laughs> it was, it was really tough for that to get, to condense that blurb. But yours, I think yours True. is really cool. It's very like, I haven't read all of it yet because I am way slower than you. I don't know how you read so fast. <laughs> because uh, I don't treat my body right <laughs> but even then even if I were sitting there for no. six hours looking at words on a page I could not take in and process the information as quickly as you do without a doubt so but it started very much I, I thought it was really clever the way you did it because it's very like I want to write about this time period and have it be super vibey in this way but that's not the time period that my books are set so <laughs> I'm going to make it like a cool movie intro, like ever after, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Where you start out just telling a story and then, woo, we're back. I, I liked I liked it a lot. I thought What's it was What's the really best cool. way to condense information without actually making people feel like they are being, uh, like, information overloaded? I was like, oh, yeah. Well, I'll just do an article. Yeah. <laughs> But also, but also it's people, t- it, it feels even more so that people are telling a story. You're reading a story, but yeah. now you feel kind of like you're being told a story from a warm perspective of, you know, yeah. of somebody. And so it feels even more immersive right from the beginning. Whereas if you had not had that intro and you just mm-hmm. jumped into the story and prefaced it by saying, this is a a prequel or you know what I mean something like yeah. that it would have it would have been very it would have been a lot less of that warm kind of feeling that somebody is telling you a story so I thought it was a really clever way to to get into it thank you and I'm really yeah, excited also- I'm excited about all of it <laughs> I also like I I realized that there is a lot of like dark themes in it which are is not bad but I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that like I wasn't so I feel like this is something that you've encountered too, where like you have mm-hmm. bad things happen to characters, but you don't necessarily want those bad things to be the entire crux of the plot, right? Because then that's yeah. weirdly exploitive of those yeah. traumas. Um, I mean, it also and- it also feels like, you know, the, the tone that you're going for is going to shift very heavily. Like if I'm going mm-hmm. to explore this character's trauma, I mean... That's then what the book has to be about. You you either have to do it or you have yes. to kind of move away from it quickly. There's not a lot in between. Yeah. So I like I wanted to use the like article portions of the book to be a sort of anchor to like, okay, yes, I know that 
we're gonna learn about a lot of bad stuff that's happened <laughs> really quickly here but just remember that it all works out and yeah everything is good yeah. actually in the future so like we'll, we'll yeah things are gonna be addressed but also it's fine <laughs> Like, uh, you're like, okay, so you're reading a romance, and here's an intro, and I want to remind you right at the beginning that it is a romance, and there is a happily ever after. Yes, it's me putting the H-E-A, like, the yeah. end at the very beginning, <laughs> without doing yeah. a flashback, because I hate flashbacks. I know you hate, I, I thought about that too when I was reading it, I was like, I feel like she's she hates flashbacks, so she couldn't exactly write a whole book that was flashback. <laughs> hate him, hate him. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, it was it was very fun to write. I've 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 had a good time with it. Uh, but I um, yeah, it's been. I've I've also held in the secrets and the secrets about what it's actually about. Um, yeah, up until now, well, now basically. So it's I'm gonna announce. The, the big crux of the plot on the actual release day because I think that's more fun um, and hopefully oh wait so you, what's in your blurb so the blurb is that basically you don't know what Josephine is I don't say in the blurb what Josephine is or what oh okay she's made into shall we say um, okay or what the plot like explains about the rest of the books um, but that that's in the first chapter though it's in the first yeah. chapter, yes. So okay, okay. That's why I'm, I, I'm, gonna, okay. I'm going to reveal on Zip the least. My day. lips. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> well, um, so we should wrap this up. Okay. Uh, because technology has oh, turned against yeah. us. Um, yeah, sure has. And uh, <laughs> it's been y'all. It's been fun. It's been so fun on this end. We've had to restart routers. <laughs> it's been a whole thing. Um, and still, still. It's, trash um but okay so victoria talk yeah. about when your book is coming out and i'll talk about when my book is coming out and then the episode okay. will be over okay my book is coming out on august 30th i don't know when this episode is airing but it's, it's coming out tomorrow <laughs> okay so in a week a week exactly i guess if mm -hmm. it's coming out tomorrow um august 30th it will be out. It'll be on Kindle Unlimited. For those asking, I'm not positive when the paperback will come out. I'm going to be trying to get that done as quickly as possible, but I'm insane and I do all of my own formatting and I also procrastinate doing all of my own formatting. So <laughs> it'll get done when I get that done and I get the um, document sent off to get printed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping less less than a month after release it'll they'll be out. And then if you want the signed paperback, I sell those from my um shop online at victoriaaveline.com and those will be out the same time that the paperbacks are available on Amazon. So you'll be able to choose which you want. For those asking. Yes. For those asking about audiobook, I have no idea. I have no idea. My narrator is a wonderfully, wonderfully talented human person. And um, he is also an actor. And I know that he has his acting jobs as well as the voice acting that he does. Um, so getting him booked is kind of 
difficult because of that, but he's worth it. He's the best. And I will wait forever. And you will too. There will be an audio. I don't know when it's coming out. Next year, I'm assuming. Later in the year. All right. Yeah, your yeah. your audiobook listeners are ravenous. Well, he, I mean, he's wonderful. He's just so good. And they are ravenous. And I understand how frustrating it is for the book and the audio not to be released at the same time. But my choices are basically wait a full year to release so that I can release them both at the same time or mm -hmm. release the book now and then the audio comes later. So I feel like that's what I have to do. The reason that, that traditional publishing can do those things uh, yeah. where they release it all at once is because they allow it to take a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Yep. And I think especially these days, Kindle Unlimited readers are not really used to that. They're not really <laughs> used to... Like, if I were to wait a whole year, that would be almost two years between my releases, and they wouldn't, I don't think that that would go over very well. That wouldn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. As someone who has at least one more book to release by the end of the year after this one. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, I can I can say that is, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of... <laughs> Um, I have a book coming out, Vital. It comes out next Tuesday, August 29th. Um, it took me two years to plan this book and to to do all the research for it. And boy, howdy, I did a feck load of research for it, let me tell you. Um, read a lot of books on rabies. So... <laughs> <laughs> take that for what you what you will um i visited a lot of weird medical websites um i was on ebay way more than i should have i bought a lot of things off of ebay i don't need but now i have for this um wait and... oh my god what things can you tell me after oh i can tell you right now i bought a lot of tin types bought a lot of 1800s tin types what are tin types like the the old timey photographs that are printed on tin and so oh paper. Yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah turns out wow. you can just buy those things um and people just send wow. them to you yeah wow. I know, fucked okay. up um so I did do that um you know I did a lot of research for it I wrote it actually in only twenty days which I just found out yesterday when I looked at my like writing history which was fucked up <laughs> um so I'm just kind of reeling from that realization yeah. still uh because it's like seventy thousand words all told i mean i totally understand that i wrote this book very quickly also but the planning like the mental preparation i think that yeah. takes a lot longer honestly than the, the uh -huh. writing of it yeah if i if i hadn't done like two years of planning and thinking about mm -hmm. it and stewing on it um i would not have been able to write it that fast not yeah. a chance um yeah. so I was like, well, no wonder my laundry pile was so large after I finished this book. Um, did literally nothing else. Um, but that is coming out on the 29th. I really hope you get it. Um, I am very excited about it. I think people have told me they think it's the best book I've written so far, which Ooh. take that for what you will. Um, and uh, yeah. Oh, also, just today, we hit our patron goal of 100 patrons on the Works by Abigail Patreon, which is great. That means that I'm going to be sending every patron an enamel pin. Um, and if you want one, you can sign up. I will be making as many pins as I have patrons. 
um, up until the day I actually order them. So you have time to go get one. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be just 100. It's going to be anybody who's a patron at that time. Um, so I would and, sign up. And hopefully we're going to get the pin that I want. I'm voting for one specific pin. I I, I also hope it's that pin. I really yeah. like that pin. <laughs> yeah, bomb uh, pin. It's going to be fucking dope. It's going to be real cool. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I suspect it will be a bloodbath. Um, and the mm-hmm. campaigning will be brutal and um, completely without mercy. So... <laughs> uh it should it should be fun i mean it was it was brutal for the the strike print let me tell you yeah um so you should do that if you want that also i've got <laughs> i also have book boxes that are going to be going out in october so if you want a book box that has empire strike vital and also three really cool i think goodies in it two of which are handmade by me um the then sweat uh, and tears that I assume went into these, that you have told me went into these handmade. They are beautiful. They are incredible. They are so immersive. And I just can't, I don't know how you find the time. I, I really don't. Again, the lack of respect for my physical body. I don't. <laughs> um, I didn't even tell you about the other thing that's in it. I'll have to do that after, after uh, we stop recording. I mean, the, um, the two things that you have told me about are like mind boggling enough where... <laughs> it's worth it for that. i'm so excited <laughs> yeah i'm so excited to show people i can't wait i can't wait for my my proofs to get in um but if you want that then you have to sign up to be a patron because these don't go out to anybody else they go out to patrons only so if you want to be a patron you do not have to sign up for the highest tier you just have to be part of the patreon um so you can do that you can sign up now that will qualify you for a pin it will qualify you for a book box it will qualify you for the stickers that are going out at the end of the month as well <laughs> um, which i just remembered so <laughs> there's a lot happening fam so i would do that also we're fucking rapidly hurtling towards uh the christmas season slash holiday season um which means that moon gifts are going to be going out and my friends my family my country pumpkins i'm telling you right now you want this moon gift i cannot stress enough how much you you want it you don't know what it is but you want it please don't regret not please sign up if you want Please, I'm, I'm, people are going to be so mad that they didn't sign up. Please do it. So you want to be a patron in December if for nothing else, for not for the, if you don't want the pins, if you don't want the stickers, if you don't want the book boxes, you're going to want what's going out in December. So do it, do that. Oh, also one final thing, cause this is going on for a long time. Um, I'm going to be at a book event in October, October 14th. I think. Yes. The Saturday. Ooh. That Saturday. Um, I'm going to be doing my very first book signing. Yay! In Sa- San Francisco. Yes, I'm so excited about it. I'm doing it with Essie Wendell, Zoe Draven, and Crystal Ash. Ooh. Um, yes. It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be a hoot and a half. It's going to be at a church, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. Um, a church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Who chose that? Oh, well, it's just that there's an event space by Folio Books um, that they just, they're a church, they're Bethany United, and they're like a super queer friendly, like they do drag shows and shit all the time. Okay. Um, And they basically offer their event space for free to whenever the bookstore needs it. And uh, so there we go. So that's where we're going to be. Oh, that's awesome. Um, 
It's going to be 12 to 4. You can come. You can hang out with your favorite authors. If any one of those people is your favorite author, I sure hope so. It doesn't have to be me, but maybe it could be if you if you liked my books. Um, and uh, you can get your book signed. And we'll be doing a Q&A. Um, and we'll also be doing this really big giveaway of signed books by authors who can't actually be there. Um, but who are Californian authors. So they're sending signed books, they're going to be sending merch, and one person who attends will get the books and the merch and stuff. So nice. I would do it. I would do it. Yes. So mark your calendars. I'll put a link in the um, in the episode description, as well as link to Ruling Sixthend, which is such a fucking banger, y'all. Can't, can't recommend it enough. Yeah. I, uh... If you want, if you want to read about pretty intense pining and yearning, mm-hmm. mm. go go for it. Read that book. So much yearning. The yearning. So much brood. <laughs> I described uh, Kaz today as being so broody he could hatch chickens, um, <laughs> and I think that Sickthend also qualifies. He has, oh yeah, he definitely hatch some chickens. Yeah, he sure could. Big. I mean, to be fair, people have tried to kill him a lot, so I guess I get that. But uh, it's not unjustified. But he's big, big broody man. I mean, big based broody on jealous. The life he's jealous led, man. I think he doesn't understand his own feelings. Managing pretty well, you know. He's doing a pretty good job keeping it. Yeah, I do think he's managing his anxiety and paranoia quite well, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't just murder everybody. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't just murder everybody. So that's mm-hmm. honestly, he's doing better than a lot of people would do in his situation. So yeah. really, I think he's he's um, what we should all aspire to be. And yeah. no notes. He acts perfectly <laughs> and never does anything wrong. <laughs> there was a review I thought was really good that I read the other day. It was something like, uh, what did they say? It was like, um, he was just so, so cruel and mean. But I was like into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes like, yeah yeah yes yeah and i've heard I a lot of people say like well i've heard a lot of people be, say like he was oh god that was just so mean but it's okay i get it <laughs> He's i still not like without him. reason <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's the thing yeah he never seems thoughtlessly cruel he's cruel when his cruelty has a logic to it, yeah. and I don't necessarily agree with it, but yeah. I can see it. And it's not because he wants to be mean, it's because he's very, 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 very scared and sad. Yeah, because he's got issues and trauma. He's got he's Will protecting himself. Yeah. Sad boy. Poor boy. All right. Sad well, goth. Did he, did he fulfill all of and your then, sad well, goth emo fantasies? Oh, Oh God, yes. Okay, he did. Good. That was His, my goal. Oh, by the end, especially that last scene just before the epilogue. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you goth bitch!" You- oh, <laughs> oh. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> he he did the equivalent of dyeing his hair. Yeah, collapsing in a heap of like jelly bracelets. <laughs> he sure did. Okay, yeah. good. It's that fine. was the it's goal. Great success. Yeah. A smashing success. I can't wait to reread it a thousand times. I did reread all the other books, by the way. I didn't mention that, but I did. Oh, again? You can't keep again. doing that. They're gonna... They can't possibly hold up. <laughs> uh, they do. Excuse you. And they're my, I would thank you to not insult my favorite books. Thank you very much. <sighs> I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna fight the author. <laughs> 
All right. Well, you know where to get these books. All the links are in the description. Um, go follow Victoria on Instagram or whatever the heck. Uh, do the same thing for me, please. Thank you. Ooh. Read our books. Read them. Read both of them. It could be such a fun weekend. Uh, the the whiplash of emotions uh, that reading both of our books at once. We both have some fucking sad goth shit. I mean, books. that would be a lot. <laughs> two artist female main character. I did. I did think about that, and I yeah. am delighted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're both. You're. It's going to be an emotional ride, but they're gonna. We promise both of them have HEAs. It'll be a really fun couple days. Read both of them back to back. Do let's do like a Barbenheimer situation. <laughs> Listen, if you like women finding their power and then beheading their enemies, you're gonna love these books. You're gonna love them. All right, that's the end of the episode. Bye. Bye. Kingdom of Thirst is a member of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcast.